0: This podcast is sponsored by Mental Health Declassified. MHD is a nonprofit organization that aims to create safe spaces within communities to break the stigma surrounding mental health and wellness. With the intent to recognize and highlight the connection between real-life experiences and mental health through storytelling, they are advocating to bridge the gap between communities and accessible resources. Check out the link in my episode notes to learn more about Mental Health Declassified. Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self, and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Has anybody else had a fucking overwhelming week, or is it just me? I feel like this has been a week from hell, and I could really use a deep breath, so If you would like to join me, I encourage you to inhale and exhale. Always feels good to just slow down on that, so thanks for joining me. Putting my shitty, irritated feelings aside, I truly do hope that you've had a better week than I did. The sun has been shining and it's been so nice out, so I'm sending lots of love and good vibes to everyone listening to this today. I am so excited to share this episode with Mary. I was very fortunate to connect with her closer to the beginning of when I started my platform, actually. And it's just been incredible to watch her grow as a creator online as a person, and just the way she keeps showing up as her authentic self and showing the good, the bad, the ugly. I love it. It's just something I gravitate towards. So having her come on the podcast and talk about these things was truly such an honor, and I'm excited to share her story now on my platform to help normalize some of these things that aren't usually talked about. I'm also going to include a trigger warning as this episode does discuss suicide, so if that is something that you think might make you feel uncomfortable today, then maybe consider listening to this one at a later date. On that note as well, I'm going to put my Safe Talk workshop registration in the episode notes again. If you or if you know anyone who's interested in getting some suicide prevention training, this is unbiasedly a really great workshop that... Teaches you how to be a suicide alert helper in your community. So please feel free to share the link with anyone who you think might be interested. Alrighty, time for the episode. I hope you enjoy. I am so excited to be here with Mary Tomprouse today from Life with a Hallucination. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. The sun's finally shining today, so it's going to be a good day.
0: Yeah, the weather's been all over the place, but I am just so excited to learn more about your journey and what it's like to live with a hallucination. So before we dive into all the juicy stuff, do you want to just start off by telling us a little bit more about who you are?
1: Hi, my name's Mary. Um, I am a mental health advocate um, I run Life with a Hallucination, but I also co own and co run a other mental health online platform called Self Love Supply. So you can check me out on both those pages. <laughs> You'll find more of the Life with a Hallucination content, more on my stuff, and then Self Love Supplies, more mental health and self love for the general population, which I love as well. Um, so, yeah, so I got into the mental health um, advocacy thing quite recently, about two and a half, three years ago. Originally, I was doing my uh, CPA to open up my own swimming school. Then I decided, no, I'm going to become a social worker instead and change the system. So yeah.
0: Amazing. And you're currently doing your master's, right? No, I wish. Social work. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. Awesome. Well, good for you. You're going to do so many amazing things in this space. And I already see the impact that you're having on social media, just being your raw and authentic self, opening up about some of these uncomfortable topics. I just see like all the comments on your page and people really do appreciate the honesty.
1: It's scary. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, am I really doing this? <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it.
0: <laughs> it changes the world. And that's exactly what we're going to do today is be just super honest and open about your journey with a hallucination. So can you start off by telling us all the things when, where, how, how did this start?
1: Okay, so my journey didn't start first with a hallucination. So first it started when I was 13 years old, when I tried to take my own life away. So my hallucination developed later on when I was 19. So when I had first heard him, by the way, it's a boy. I don't, It's not romantic, but we will dive into like that later. Not romantic, but it's a dude. Like that's all I'll kind of like, and then we'll dive more into it later. But anyway, sorry, getting <laughs> back to the uh, thing. So first I heard a sound, honestly, like I was in the shower, heard a sound. I was, so like it came out, my roommates weren't there. So like, you know what, Mary, like too many tequila shots on a Tuesday. Like, you know what I mean? Like thirsty Thursday is not working for you anymore, girl. Like, you know, also because I knew that I already had other like mental health issues and was already previously in and out of psychiatric wards that I didn't really think too much into it. I honestly thought like lack of sleep, stress. I think I overanalyzed it rather than I think looked at it more as like, bitch, you're hearing things. Like I was like, no, oof, too much tequila, you know? Like <laughs> I mean like you're second year university. Like what like so nothing? So literally voice then eventually, it turned into a full live figurine. One of my best friends, love her to death. I feel so bad. She bashed her face on the um, on the dashboard because when we were driving to university, I saw him like crossing the street, and because I didn't know that he wasn't real, I slammed the brakes. And one of my girlfriends was like, what the "Let's go to class." <laughs> you know what I mean? Tried to like brush it off as much as I could kind of thing, you know. Obviously, like, I think we both knew something was up, but it was best to say, like, we just kind of, kind of went with it. You know what I mean? And then literally he just never left my side, and I knew something was up, but I didn't want to say anything, so I just kind of just kept, like, my mouth shut, and then eventually it just blew out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So it started as like an auditory thing and then became visual. How long was that in between?
1: Okay. So this is where things get a little bit foggy just because I was an addict before. So unfortunately, like many things get fogged. So I want to say like two, three weeks, but not it like it wasn't a long.
0: Gotcha. And so when this figure started to appear constantly and was always in your life, you said you finally opened up about it. Did you go straight to a mental health professional or was it more like a family or friend situation?
1: Straight to my psychiatrist. So again, because I was in the system from prior, it was significantly easier for me to, I don't want to say like develop this new illness or symptom, but because I was already in the system and seeing a psychiatrist and seeing a social worker and seeing a psychologist as well, that it was kind of like for me, I was like, oh, Nothing to add on to my list, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was a little bit of that, but yeah, I it was a very fun journey for the both of us. Like, I totally had lost my marbles, but I didn't want to admit
0: it. Mm-hmm. And what was that experience like of actually telling your psychiatrist? Because I feel like sometimes there's that stigma of like, oh, she's quote unquote crazy or she's seeing things, she's delusional. Like, was it a supportive response that you got?
1: Yes. Like I, I still see my psychiatrist today. Um, Technically he's an adolescent psychiatrist and I'm almost 30, but (laughs) due to my case being atypical and everything like that, there has been um, some like not lenience per se, but like, because it's a very complicated situation with me and my hallucination, it's very complex that because everybody's so quick, to diagnose me with schizophrenia rather than saying this is a psychotic symptom because of all of the issues that I've had with him, because now we're going up to 10 years. So because of all the issues that I've had with him and people so quickly misdiagnosing me, it's just best that I stick with my adolescent psychiatrist.
0: Absolutely. Because he
1: does not believe schizophrenia. He believes that it's like a psychotic symptom. Mm-hmm. And many people can have different mental illnesses and have psychosis in them.
0: Absolutely. And can you expand a little bit more on what your specific diagnosis is, what your psychiatrist gave you?
1: This so it gets tricky. So at the beginning, mm-hmm. it was depression and anxiety, because obviously I had tried to end my life multiple times. And by the age of 18, I want to say 17, 18, 19. So around like that kind of age, no, actually lies 19 had developed. So I want to say 17, 18. I'm sorry. Sometimes my time is <laughs> a little bit off by like a year. Or like six months. Like my dad's like, no, it was like a year ago. I was like, oh my gosh, really? It felt like three weeks ago. So <laughs> like <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so oh my god, we're saying sorry. I just got distracted.
0: Diagnosis.
1: Yes, diagnosis, sorry. He was also talking and he was getting excited, so I was like, Can you just stop talking? <laughs> and also very tricky sometimes because sometimes he'll talk to me and he'll make side comments. I'm like, You need to shh right now because I'm <laughs> So, like, I don't, like, look over and I'm, like, shh, just because that's a boundary that, like, we don't really do. But, like, it's funny because, like, he'll start talking. And I'm, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> or, like, my eyes will start to, like, widen and, like, I'll start talking even faster just because I'm trying to, like, outspeed him or whatever it's (laughs) called um but yes going back to my diagnosis so first it was depression anxiety uh due to me obviously trying to constantly uh, take my own life and then by the age of 17 18 it shifted to borderline personality disorder now here's where it gets a little bit tricky so the origin of borderline personality disorder means on the border of neurosis and psychosis so if you actually know me girl i fit the diagnosis to a t i'm literally on the border because there's no i like my hallucination is audio visual uh tactile and like i can like smell i don't bite people so i don't know what like a human would taste like no judgment though absolutely no judgment if you do bite people like no judgment but yeah i don't so i don't know what a human tastes like so it hits four out of the five senses and it's with me constantly. Like, even if I ask it to go, it's like, ha <laughs> ha! No.
0: <laughs> and so he's with you constantly. He's there right now, like oh, yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. What is that like? Like, having somebody there that nobody else can see?
1: I'm definitely never alone. Like <laughs> <but> that's like... <laughs> Like honestly, it's funny because like I live alone, and people are like, "Oh my god!" Like it must be so. I'm like, "What do you mean?" So please, I'm on the couch watching TV, trying trying to watch the Love Is Blind reunion, and he's in the background like, "Oh my god, it's not working. What is going on?" I want to watch the show too. I was like, "Shh." So do I? Okay, I'm dr- like, like I'm frustrated. TikTok's frustrated. Literally, Instagram. All of my friends are frustrated, and then he was going off, and it was just—it's never a dull moment. But sometimes we do have our dark moments as well which i feel like most mental illnesses also have their dark moments Mm -hmm. but like if i sit and i reflect constantly on the dark moments like i would never be able to like get up and get my shit together
0: absolutely and we'll dive into that a little bit later um sticking more with the clinical thing i want to hear a little bit more about like the treatment what did you start with what are you doing today what has worked for you what hasn't all the things
1: okay so Dialectal behavioral therapy and acceptance and commitment therapy are the two that I have like lived by and still do currently today, just because it's all about, at the end of the day, I can't really like change the mind in the sense I have to sit with this because I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. So I have to learn to sit with it, accept the emotion accept the feeling and move on even though it's painful and hard I still have to move forward like there are moments where I'm sorry to trigger there are moments where he will tell me to go end my life and if I sit there and listen to every single time that comes out I wouldn't be able to get up and go to work and go to school and do that like I wouldn't be able to get things done so this is where like opposite action comes into play like I like embody the DBT skills and the ACT skills, just because honestly, like without those skills, I would not be able to function because I have to accept this is my reality. And I either move forward with it or I don't really move forward at all. And I feel like I'm doing like a disservice to myself in a sense, because like, I believe we all have something going on with us. You know what I mean? Some might be, let's say on a higher spectrum than others, but I believe we all have a little bit of our screws a little bit loose. I feel like we all do. You know what I mean? So we all just learn to just go with the loose screws and make the best of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And in terms of medication, if you're comfortable sharing, um, so I know there's like a bit of that antipsychotic stuff and there was the mood stuff. So what are you taking if you are comfortable sharing? None, nothing, none. Wow. Yeah.
1: So I am a, uh, I'm going to hold on and make sure I get the term, right. I am a uh, patient. No. Or is it treatment resistant patient? Yeah, yeah, treatment resistant. So sorry, yeah, sorry. I, yeah, I'm a treatment resistant patient, which is why I'm still with my adolescent psychiatrist, which is why no medication has worked, and which is why I do very unorthodox like methods, like me and my hallucination, like we do therapy together. Not every week because it's very difficult for the both of us, but we do therapy together almost once every other week, just so we can coexist together. Again, it's a relationship in the sense of any relationship, friendship, whatever, but it's not romantic. It's not, like, we're boys. He's very protective when it comes to, like, dating. And this is where, like, you know how, like, when you date, you don't tell your friends every argument that happens? Unfortunately, I can't hide shit from this guy. (laughs) So it just, there's a lot of, like, sometimes there's hatred from him that sometimes it will, like, cloud onto mine and then interfere with some relationships like friendship romantic family definitely so it's a yeah
0: awesome and I want to dive a little bit more into like who this hallucination is to you you spoke a little bit about what your relationship is with them but just like can you describe him in whatever sense you're comfortable doing so
1: um okay so I would say he's like we we don't look anything alike like we don't look anything alike. Like I don't, I don't know him. I mean, like now we're boys, but like he's like I don't know. Like um, and like no disrespect, but, like he's like a Toronto man. You know what I mean? And, like not like I don't mean like the sense of like that, but like I mean like he likes his sports. You know, he likes his like Jordans, his like chains. It's a very yeah.
0: <laughs> and so he's been with you for ten years. You said
1: yes. Yes, it's very, it's very weird. And when I describe it to people, they're like, what do you mean Toronto men? And I'm like, he just has swag. Like, he has swag. He has more swag than me, like, honestly. And like, that's, and like, that's when we like, Toronto men. So like, no respect to anyone in Toronto. I love Toronto. Toronto <laughs> men's are awesome. <laughs> I don't wanna get canceled, like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know the vibe, don't worry.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, wonderful. Like, I love Toronto, you know? Just like, he's got killer swag like he's the reason why I'm a Chicago Bulls fan you know what I mean just yeah like he has his own personality his own vibes his own like stuff that he likes and like I know I sound delusional because he's not real but like this is where I tell people like he's real to me not real to others and that's one thing that my psychiatrist has told like my family and even like to validate like myself into anyone out there that's experiencing anything just know like it is totally real to you just because it's not real to others doesn't mean
0: it's not real Mm -hmm. and does he go through like a typical I know he's always with you but does he go through his own like day-to-day stuff like does he shower does he do stuff or does he kind of just follow you
1: just kind of follows me
0: gotcha and you said you can smell him does that ever change
1: no like I mean like a people like you know, like a people smell kind of thing. Gotcha. Like, that's going to
0: sound weird. I'm like, I am so weird by saying people smell like... People have their own scent. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's <laughs> oh my God, I sound so weird. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it's good to like describe, which is why I'm asking all these specific questions, because for people who have never heard anything like this or don't have any experience with it, I think it helps like paint a very detailed picture.
1: It's definitely a very atypical case. Like, there's not, like, I've spoken to many people out there that have psychosis, and it's kind of, like, one, or, like, usually it's, like, visual and, like, audio, but, like, not necessarily, like, a full live, like, figurine that can, like, push me and, like, trip me. And, like, we've had, like, physical altercations when I haven't taken care of, like, myself mentally. Like, uh, last summer, I was going for a run. I'm sure you know, like, I'm obsessed with, like, running. Um, I fell and i played it off as i fell my family my friends are like the girl runs 20k like every other day like mm, she fell you know mm-hmm. like it wasn't it wasn't a believable like i tripped like i live on lakeshore like i'm on the waterfront there's no <laughs> like it's a bike path lane like trust me there, there, so it yeah. didn't it didn't come off realistic so then obviously i explained the truth i said honestly like he had pushed me My psychiatrist had explained that because I wasn't taking care of myself, that that was his indicator. And like, I'd like to compare him to like sort of like an intrusive thought, in a sense, like your own thought, but instead of like my own thought and my own mind, it's him.
0: Mm -hmm. And that physical stuff too, was that the first time that happened or has it happened more than once?
1: Oh, no, it's happened more than once, but like that was when it was like our first ever like bad issue.
0: Gotcha. And is there anything else other than like, So that's him reminding you that like, you're not taking care of yourself, but are there any other triggers or cues where he might not be happy with you?
1: Yes. Yes. Like if he finds that I'm not like respecting myself in certain ways, and this is where like we have therapy where I have to explain to him, like, these are my parents. This is my friend. This is my, this is, this is my so-and-so. Like there's going to be moments where people mess up. Like it's okay. Like forgiveness for him is very difficult because nobody wants to see their best friend get hurt in that sense Mm -hmm. and I say best friend I'm because that's the only way I can describe like again nothing romantic strictly boys
0: (laughs) (laughs) and what's that like when you're like with friends or with family like do you chat with him when you're just by yourself
1: yes 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 yeah uh previously no, but now because we're trying this new therapy, coexisting, all this fun jazz, yes. But, like, I do it when we're in, like, a like example, like, yesterday, no offense, the Toronto Leafs, but when they lost, woof. <laughs> Glorious for the both of us, because we're both Boston Bruins fans, so, like, great, great, great moments. But if I get into an argument with, like, my family, I'm, like, not no, no, shh not today absolutely not I'm like right like here's a suggestion box write it down in a note put in the box I don't want to hear it because then it feeds more onto how I'm feeling so no Mm -hmm. so that's a boundary that I have to set and sometimes it doesn't work
0: and do you say those boundaries out loud like is that something you do in therapy like you have to tell him
1: Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes I tell them here or like if we're in public, I'll like telepathically tell them because again, I know, like I know I sound delusional, but like it, it makes sense to me in my
0: world. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters. Exactly. (laughs) And I know, so obviously your family's the same, but like your friends throughout the years, your dating experience, like when you tell people this, this is something that you live with. How is that like? Because I know not everybody is very accepting.
1: Well, I mean, it's all over my Instagram, right? Like, I don't really have a personal <laughs> Instagram. So, I mean, cat's out of the bag with that one. So, I don't really know how. But it's definitely, and this is where, like, this is where, like, I put my head down a little bit. But, like, there are moments where, and, and like, I'm embarrassed to say this, there's moments where I'm worried that other people are going to judge. But then I think the realization, like, we live in, like, 2023, <laughs> It's really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's really not a big deal.
0: Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, obviously. Like, you are so public with your story. You share it. You've accepted it yourself. The people close to you have accepted it and learned to grow with you. Um, but obviously, there's always going to be people out there that have issues, have judgments. and
1: Oh, my goodness. People tell me all the time, praise Jesus, go to this. First of all, I go to church every Sunday. Secondly, I text my priest on like the regular, and like not just like hey, what whatever, but like I'm like listen, I'm going to an exam. Pray for me, please. (laughs) Like I'm so worried for this exam. But like the one thing that like my priest has always said is that like this is a medical issue. You don't have the devil inside of you. This is a medical issue. And anyone that thinks they're demonic needs to go back to school. I'm like, thank you, Father. Thank you so much. So, like, it's funny because everyone in, like, my church, okay. They were more surprised when I told them that I was gluten intolerant rather than, like, you know what I mean? Like, what? Us Greeks? You can't eat bread? <laughs> like. Yeah, no like nothing nothing of nothing of that at all. So that's why I kinda giggle when people are like, go to church, pray this. I'm like, yo, I go to church every Sunday? I'm Like, how much more can I go?
0: <laughs> people <laughs> always have some solution that serves them in a way and thinks is going to cure the world. But I'm really happy to hear that your priest can say that like it's a medical thing that devil is not living inside you cuz i feel like that's such a historic belief that so many people have held on to.
1: Yeah, like there's no devil inside of me. Trust me. <laughs> like there is nothing absolutely not like it's kind of funny now that we still live in a world where people still believe that nonsense. You know what i mean? Like i got this one um thing and i'm sorry to like ramble on, but i'll no, never forget okay. that somebody and this is where i set a huge boundary on like my page where somebody was explaining these one-off situations. Um, about, you know, people that have psychosis, like disorders that like do dangerous things. And I said, I understand. I said, there are one-off situations in anything. I said, but if we're going to keep highlighting the one-offs, then we're really not going to fix the issue of destigmatizing. So moving forward, if you want to discuss one-offs, DM me, do not put it in my comments because there are people out there that like reading my page because at the end of the day, they're like, this is the one page where it's constantly positive stuff. Because even though there is negative out there in the world, I do not need anybody reading somebody else thinking that people like us are demonic. Like, no, thank you. Or that like we're dangerous or that we're killers. Like, no, I work with children. I'm a swimming teacher and I babysit. I'm literally going tonight to babysit, which is why we had to do our podcast (laughs) earlier. Like, hello, like I'm the least dangerous person. I'm five foot.
0: (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) do? It's just so hard for people to grasp a reality that is outside of their norms and what they grew up to believe. And I feel like we're so grateful to like be living in 2023 when this conversation is so normalized, but there is so many people still out there with these beliefs and who put it online for other people to see. And it's just a constant revolving door that is exhausting
1: it 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 honestly like that's that's why i kind of kind of like came out and started speaking because the wellness checks in toronto over like the last 2 3 years disgusting 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 i and i know everyone is going to tell me that we've made such a great move when it comes to mental health not really because depression's okay but suicide that's attention seeking Bro, it's attached together. They're side by side. Anxiety. But if someone cancels on a plan, they're a bitch. (laughs) And then we have the illnesses that we don't speak about. Bipolar. Schizophrenia. Psychosis symptoms. Anything that is not like, you know, like not spoken about. So when you get a wellness check call and you hear like a schizophrenic individual holding a knife that wants to end their life, not the officer's life, and you have Hollywood picturing us a certain way, and you have little to no education about us, this is why I do not blame the police officers. I do not believe in defunding the system because I believe defunding the system gives room to create excuses. If you fund it properly, then you're like, "Mm, you're held accountable, my friend. We increased it, why is there no training? And the other thing as well is, if everyone is painted a picture of us through Hollywood and the lack of education in schools and communities, you cannot blame somebody for having a certain stereotype. Let me tell you something. The first time I was in the psych ward at the age of 13 years old, I don't know if you saw the movie Flying Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm a little bit older, so <laughs> let me tell you something. I did not. I even said that it was not a suicide attempt. They were like, yes, it was. And it was very clear picture that it was. And I woke it into it, but it was very clear. picture. It was an episode. I was like, no, no, it was an accident. No, no, it was an accident because I was petrified of going. By the way, I went up there, wonderful people, wonderful people, wonderful staff. You go to school there, my nurse, Teresa, was a teacher. God bless her. She's the reason why I, like, got into business school and everything. Like, you go to school, you exercise, you see your family, you see your friends. They try and react with me back into society. Nothing of that. Nothing of that.
0: Yeah. I feel like the media is such a big part of this conversation. And I completely agree with you. Just the lack of education. I feel like that's where all of this stems from is... What we were told growing up, what our parents taught us, what the church taught us, what all these X amount of influences taught us, and we just inherit it. And that's nobody's fault because you can't change that. But it is your fault to stay accountable and actually take the time to learn, to listen to podcasts like this one, to actually hear stories of people who live with these illnesses so that you know that Mary's not going to go run a rampage and <laughs> start hurting people. <laughs>
1: And that's why I did this. So that way, the next time an officer or somebody goes into a scene, they'll be like, oh, wait, I saw this girl. Oh, wait, my daughter. Oh, wait, my kids showed me this one girl that, and like, she it's not what Hollywood paints it out to be. Like, the psych ward, I had some of my best memories in there. I caused havoc all the time. Whoof. Honestly, the front desk, girl, Nanda, God bless, honestly, God bless everybody. Oh, God, the Sunnybrook and Cam H, like floor wing, <laughs> they are the real ones. Because I caused havoc to the point where, like, I would just, like, escape and stuff. Like, I was, I was just, like, a rebellious little thing. But there was no, like, tasering people or, like, none of that. Like, it was, which is why I don't understand how social workers can seem to calm all of us down and get us back to where we have to be. And yet these officers can't seem to like get their shit together. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame the officers at all. I blame the institution as a whole.
0: Mm -hmm. That's why like mental health, first aid, safe talk, assist. I feel like all of these things should be basic knowledge built in somewhere that everybody has to take, especially people who are directly working with people.
1: Like you don't know how many adults are like, do you have psychosis? I'm like, yeah, they're like, you don't like look like you do. I'm like, oh my God, you don't look uneducated. (laughs) What? Like sometimes you have to just kind of just like giggle it off. And like, I mean, I don't know what people think people with psychosis look like. I honestly, I have no idea. Like I have Googled it and like, let me tell you something. No google's not a good image of what psychosis people look like because it's not like it's not like you know Mm -hmm. like you'd be surprised how many people have psychosis and just don't talk about it because there is so much stigma Mm
0: -hmm. and on that note i want to ask you like there are a ton of misconceptions about psychosis people with delusions hallucinations all of it um so what are some like the major ones that you've heard and that you want to address today We're not gonna hurt you, okay?
1: Like, I don't know how many times I can say this. Like, people need to get over themselves. The voices tell us to harm us, not other people, and I know people are gonna be like, well, no, 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 like, there are, there are. Okay, that's, like, amazing, beautiful. That's wonderful, but, like, how about the majority? No, like, we we are not dangerous at all, at all at all. That misconception is what's dangerous. We're not, we're not dangerous. And until that idea fades away, it's going to be still really tricky when it comes to talking about having a psychosis, when it comes to wellness checks, when it comes to even just even having to tell your boss. Like, there were moments where I was like, okay, I'm going to become an accountant. Do I disclose information? Do I not? Now here, on the other hand, I'm, I want to be a social worker. Do I disclose that? Do I not? Because there are many people also in our field that hold a negative attachment when it comes to psychosis. So I think the biggest, honestly, the biggest misconception is danger. I feel like that is the issue that creates all of the stigma and the stereotypes. Sure, people say we're crazy, but everybody's crazy. I don't care if people say everybody is crazy in their own way. <laughs> feel free to disagree, but I feel like everyone's a bit crazy in their own way. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody is crazy in their own way. So I don't know. I don't believe in that. I think the only issue is the danger. That's, I think that's, honestly, that's the only issue for me when it comes to the misconception, everything else, like I giggle and I laugh about because it's, those are not as important. The only one for me is the danger one because that creates a lot of, I don't want to say oppression for us, but it creates just, yeah, I guess oppression and systematic barriers.
0: Mm-hmm. And that like stems into other things. So I definitely would say it, it is oppression. It, it's telling you like who you are, how you should be, and that just has negative effects all around. So thank you for clarifying that. <laughs>
1: I really don't offend anyone by saying we're all crazy, but like, you know, I believe like all the few like loose screws and that's what makes us awesome.
0: Crazy in a loving way.
1: I believe everyone has their own definition of crazy. Like I'm from a Greek family. They are cray cray. (laughs) But if you ask somebody else, they might not say they're crazy, but like to me, they're cray cray, but I love them. So like, I believe everyone's cray cray, (laughs) but like in in their own most unique, beautiful
0: way. Mm hmm the intention behind it as long as you're not calling somebody crazy air quotes for like having a hallucination or being delusional whatever you want to go but if it's like you're crazy you're loud you're loving you're whatever like intention is all that matters (laughs)
1: exactly yeah I don't honestly it's funny because when people are like you're a psychopath I'm like at least I'm on a path so (laughs) I don't like I don't take offense to any of it or like, or like sometimes I'll get into an argument with like my family and they're like, you're so delusional. And like, I'm like, you're right. Clinically, I am. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't take offense to it. But again, I'm a veteran at this. And I believe that like, once you've hit like the 15 year mark of like, you know, at a psych ward, rehab, you know, hallucination, group home, all that fun jazz. Like it becomes comical and not comical in a disrespecting way comical and like, this is my beautiful life. Life is art. Mm -hmm. And art can be messy and beautiful at the same time.
0: I love that. That is so wholesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We didn't get into I want to talk a little bit more quickly about like the bad days because I know it's not all you and your boy hanging out having a good time. (laughs) And you posted a TikTok the other day, I think of you having like a bad episode i'm not sure what it was panic attack or whatever so can you just explain like what that looks like so basically it
1: it depends sometimes he'll like hit me so you'll see him like hitting me uh what you saw on the tiktok it was him kind of yelling at me and telling me that like i was stupid and basically i got into an argument with my family which triggered a lot of emotions so he was kind of feeding in and going at it and he said some derogatory things that I'm not going to say because I don't want to trigger anyone. So I just kind of got very emotional. And I was with my grandfather. And even though he knows everything, that's not an image you want someone to see. So you saw me at one point, like, cover my mouth and stuff because I was, like, gasping for air. There was some physical altercation in the video. I don't know if you could see. I actually, like, fast forward that kind of thing. Honestly, the episode really depends. Sometimes it could be five minutes. Sometimes it could be an hour. Sometimes it could be the whole day. The thing is, it throws me off. But I'm pretty good at like a few hours later kind of pushing through it. But then the next morning, like that morning, is very difficult for me because I think I use too much of a distracting strategy. That by the time I wake up in the morning, I'm like, shit, that really happened last night.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you like make up? Do you have a chat about it or do you just kind of use your skills to move on?
1: We, we do make up usually when it's something like this, I'll call my psychiatrist and we'll book like a session so that way we can like get down to the bottom of this. Because honestly, like the problem for me is, and and I can't speak on the majority of us, but for the handful that I've spoken about, the moment we've given our hallucination a voice It's gotten way more easier because at the end of the day, we were pushing or I was pushing something that technically is a part of me, whether I want to admit it or not, him and I are a package deal. We're stuck together for life. So I have to just, I have to give him a voice. And I don't mean a voice in the sense of like publicly, he needs his own Instagram page and like all that Mm -hmm. stuff. No, but I mean, give him a voice that like when he wants to feel heard, I have to respect that he wants to be heard.
0: Mm hmm. And I think that's so powerful too, because the more you try to hide it, push it away. And I think that can be the same for any mental illness. That's like kind of how I describe my depression too. But the moment I started accepting it, letting it do its thing, learning to live with it rather than hiding it, um, it like was life changing for me. And I feel like that can be applied to so many different situations.
1: And that's one thing where like, there's this, like, I'm a very happy go lucky person, but like, I'll be super honest with you. Like, I have about six to seven, like, suicide thoughts a day. Like, I'm chronically suicidal, but that's because of my hallucination about three or four times a day, even on a good day, will tell me certain suicidal comments or whatever. But the thing is that, like, as messed up as it sounds, I know that, like, it's my mind playing tricks. And eventually when I get out of this funk, I'm going to be so grateful that I didn't do what I had intended on doing. And that's the hardest part, I think, about the whole thing is there's this misconception as well that like, I'm so different from somebody else. But no, like, my depressive, intrusive thoughts are the same as yours, except yours are in your head. Mine is another figurine telling me like, when you wake up, and you don't feel good, your inner thoughts are telling you that you're, I don't know, worthless, you're, there's a bunch of things. Yes, I see. So you know how like, When you're like, I don't mean to ask about you, but like when you have your depressive thoughts, like what's one of them, if you don't mind, like
0: mine's more just about overwhelmed. Like I get so overwhelmed with everything. And it's telling me that like, you can't handle this. You're better off doing X.
1: Okay. The only thing that makes us different is I have a figurine telling me it rather than your mind. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that makes it different. We, we all have intrusive thoughts. We all have moments of depression. We all have moments of anxiety. Some might last longer than others. But at the end of the day, all mental illnesses are the same. Like I did a crossword. I, I actually created a crossword where I put down all the different mental illnesses. And you'd be surprised how many people got them wrong. Because if you look at all the mental illnesses, they all have the same symptoms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Feeling lonely, feeling empty, worthless the only thing that makes it different is mine isn't as commonly talked about
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's really the only thing and people have messaged me saying like wow like all of your skills can help with I said well yeah of course because mine's just handling my emotions because technically a hallucination is another emotion in a sense because his emotions cloud my emotion so I have to be able to sit with his and my emotion at the same time which is how most people have to sit with their emotions because their wise mind is telling them that they're meant to live. Their emotion mind is telling them that they're not meant to live. So you have to struggle with the emotion mind, wise mind. I have to struggle with my kind of emotion, wise mind.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's taken you a long time to really identify, like you said, you know, it's just your mind playing tricks on you. But I'm sure at the beginning, it took some time to really differentiate what was real, what was not, what have you like learned the most about yourself living with a hallucination? What has all that been like for you personally?
1: Challenging to say the least, but also amazing at the same time in a weird kind of way. Um, it has definitely shown me how strong I am, but there are definitely moments where I think like, can't do this I have how many more years left to do this but then I remind myself like bitch you've done 10 years like I mean not 10 because I was high for a few of them but the majority of them so I what's another 10 and then what's another 10 Then what's another 10 like you can do this but it's been a very complicated and beautiful journey um, I have met so many wonderful people because of this journey I have also changed my outlook on a lot of things in life honestly I've changed my family's outlook as well on a lot of things in life if it wasn't for me being in the hospital at 13 years old my family wouldn't have been so progressive and I give them full credit like we're a very like strong European Greek Orthodox household so my family was very very progressive in 2007 like extremely progressive, which I give them full credit for. So it was, um, it's been a fun journey to say the least. And there are tons of times where I'll be super transparent. There are times where I want to give up literally this morning on the way to class, I was crying for two hours because I was like, this is exhausting. But then I have so many good moments where I'm like, you know what? It's worth it. It's totally worth it. And there are multiple finish lines, but coming to terms with the fact that he's never going away was one of the hardest ones I've ever had to come to terms with. And accepting this is going to take more than just once, twice, three times. And that's the misconception is people believe that, oh, I accept that I have this, so I'm good to go. No, no. You're going to relapse on the accepting a bunch of times. And that's totally normal because at the end of the day, it's really hard to deal with a mental illness. It's very, very challenging. But I mean, there's no other option, but you have to, like, which is why I believe in ACT in DPT, because it's about opposite action. And it's about, honestly, just, you have to do it. Like, this is the life that you were given. You have to make the best of it. Because trust me on this one, I know what happens when you get on the other side and you fall into drugs and crime and all that stuff. And let me tell you something. It's not glorified at all. Does it help? with coping with your issues. Yeah, that's why I did drugs, cause I got rid of my hallucination. But then I come to think of it now, like I wasted so many years where I could have learned how to cope. So yeah, mm-hmm. sorry I like rambled on there for a second.
0: Oh no, that's okay. I mean, life is a roller coaster for everyone. Some people have different ups and downs, rockier for others, but also like, as you go through life, that roller coaster is going to look different. Like you said, like some days you're going to be so happy. So accepting of your mental illness or your issues, whatever it is, and other days you're gonna feel like giving up and just have a really really hard time to be honest I'm so happy that you said that not happy that you had a bad day this morning but when I woke up this morning I was like about to text you that we're gonna cancel this recording because I was just not doing well um but like here we are chatting about this stuff, hopefully feeling a little bit better that we're airing this out and just changing the conversation about these things, I think is so rewarding and fulfilling. So hopefully you're doing a little bit better because I know I am.
1: (laughs) Yes, no, 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 I totally am. It's just like it, it happens. It happens. And I mean, like, living with a mental illness is challenging. I feel like living with any mental health issue is challenging. So I just feel like you have to just roll with the punches like you have two options in life you laugh or cry i can't afford any more botox so i'm (laughs) good with laughing it out you know you gotta just it is what it is and it's funny that i'm saying this because like three hours ago i was like i'm done i can't do this anymore and i'm like you know what You can do this you're fine get over yourself because honestly like i can And like this is what any anyone that's listening has to remember like on your bad day think back like you had multiple ones before and you made it through like always look back at your track record like every time i'm down in the gutters i'm like listen bitch you're gonna get through this okay you did it before and you got through way way worse like him and i got into an altercation like a few weeks ago and it like shook up my world and i was like wait a second wait a second tom bros wait a second no not today no you have been through worse like absolutely not and and I hate to say, like, you've been through worse, but, like, you have. So, like, use those moments of when you overcame them as, like, a sense of, like, I'm going to do it again.
0: Beautiful, powerful. Love it. And it's all about just like finding your rhythm too. And you can like say all these things in a good day. But when you're in that head space, like it's so cloudy, it's so hard, but just find the thing that works for you. Sometimes people have like a trigger word or a thing that they're like, okay, snap back into that powerful mindset of like, I can do this. And it takes practice. It's not easy. And I think your story highlighted that completely. It's, it's a
1: shit show. Sometimes like you got to You got to fake it till you make it. And like, that's one of the DPT skills that like I literally like the two skills that I live by, actually one skill that I live by, sit with the emotion, sit with the emotion. It is good for you to sit with the emotion. That doesn't mean you sit in sulk. That means you sit with the emotion and you move and you keep your day going. Opposite action, my favorite in the entire world, because it's the reason why I've stayed alive. And I feel like fake it till you make an opposite action go hand in hand. Example, lying in bed all day because we're not feeling well. You want to do that for a day? That's fine. After that, no siree. Up, at it, shower. Because at the end of the day, and honestly, I used to think they were all talking shit. I'll never forget this moment. I was feeling in the gutters in the psychiatric ward, hadn't showered for a while. The nurse told me too bad, you're going in the shower. I was like, absolutely not. She's like, yes, you are. I put up a little bit of an argument. I got my ass in the shower regardless. And after that, I said, can I have my straightener and my blow dryer? And I was blow drying my hair and doing like my hair straight. And like, let me tell you something. For like a hot five minutes, I felt like Mary again. So like. My best advice is, like, even on the days when you're feeling shitty, put on your favorite outfit, do your hair, do your makeup, and sit in your house. I don't care. Sit in your house. But get up and get dressed because, trust me, the long-term you will thank you. The short-term you might not, but who cares about the short-term? We care about the long-term. The long-term is the only thing that matters. So if you want to sit and sulk for a day, sit and sulk for a day. After that, you're up and at it. You want to cry while you drive? You cry while you drive. That's okay. But You drive that car and you cry at the same time because you will be doing a disservice to yourself later because once you get out of that funk, you're going to want your ducks in a row. And that's one thing that I didn't realize in the psychiatric ward because I'm like, why push me to go back to school? Like, hello, I'm trying to do with my own issues. Then I realized they're like, hello, if you go back to school and nothing's done, you're going to have more stress, more this, more that. So I was in school doing my assignments, everything that after two months when I got discharged and I went back on the Monday, but everything was good. And I was even in a group. (laughs) So like the long-term you, once you get out of that funk, is going to thank you. So just think about the long-term you, even though you're like, oh, Mary, like it's totally a crock of shit. And let me tell you something. I believe it's a crock of shit, too, in that moment. But then when I get out of the moment, I'm like, ooh, the girl knew. So trust me, it's totally going to feel like a crock of shit when you're in that short term. But when you're in that long term, you're going to be like, I did it. And then you're going to, like, preach it to other people. Because honestly, like, opposite action, I believe, works.
0: Boom. Mic drop. I feel like that's such a perfect way to end this you like told your story talked about the good the bad and then dropped like so much advice and tips and I feel like that can be applied to so many different not even mental illnesses just life situations
1: there's so many things that we don't want to do in the world but like I'm sorry we have to do them because in the long run it's worth it saving money No one's to save money. No one's to save money. Trust me, we want to blow it, spend it. But there's going to come a day where, like, you're going to need it. And I was going to use the example of the pandemic. and I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I do not want to ever bring up that example again. I was like, no, no, we're never going back that world, please. But, like, you never know. But, like, something can happen. So it's always good to look at, like, the long-term thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there are still moments, like, full transparency. There are still moments where I have thought about, like, Maybe I'm going to go back to becoming a drug addict because at least he was gone and like, whatever. And I'm like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You want to do that right now. But you know, once you get out of this state that you're in, you're going to be so upset. And funny story, oddly enough, I did, which is why I can probably say I'm still clean. I was in an episode, a very bad episode. I had bought the drugs And just as I was about to take them, nope, 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 you're better than that. So I ended up putting them down my garbage disposal, like, outside of, like, my condo thing, told my psychiatrist, messaged my family, and I thought they were going to get mad at me. They're like, we're so proud of you. Like, we can't imagine how hard it was. And Like, this was during the pandemic, so it was really difficult for me because I was, like, we all to isolate. And like, I live alone. So it was like very, very challenging. So there were many moments where I was going to like slip over the edge. And at that moment I had, I had bond. And then I was like, no, no, no. You're throwing it out because you know, in a, in a week, a month, whatever, you're going to be so upset with yourself because you know that that's not what you would have done if you were in your wise mind. So I ended up throwing it out. Saw my psychiatrist, booked a meeting again with my drug rehab counselor thing, and I can still proudly say seven years clean in June. So yay! Woo!
0: Good for you. That must have been extremely hard, especially in the pandemic. I know it brought up a lot of issues specifically related to substance use.
1: Significantly, just because they had moved everything from in-person to online. And let me tell you something, as much as I love this online thing, I feel like in-person better vibes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, so opposite action for anything. And it's one of the hardest skills to do, but it's the most rewarding skill because you are really like putting yourself first.
0: I love it. (sighs) well, This has been incredible. I am so excited we got the chance to connect and to learn more about your story. I know you share so much online, so I'm going to put your links to both your personal and your business page in the episode notes so people can follow along. But just thank you so much for everything you do and for normalizing this conversation. I think you're amazing. And just thank you. I had a lot of fun. Sorry, folks, the audio got a little wonky there towards the end, but truthfully, I just didn't have anything in me to try and fix that, so I hope it wasn't too distracting. And I just wanted to say another huge thank you to Mary for just being an awesome person who is so honest and real about her journey. I think everything she does and shares truly has the power to make a big impact on our community and the way that we view and talk about psychosis in general. She had so many great things to say, both about her journey living with a hallucination and just some of these perspectives and skills that she's learned and how those can kind of be applied to other mental illnesses, but also just other life situations. And I think there's so many little pieces that she said that I'm taking away, so hopefully there's a thing or two that stuck out to you from what she had to share And I'd be really interested to know what that is. So if there is something, please don't hesitate to shoot me a message. I always love hearing those little things that had an impact on you. With that being said, I do have to say that I will be taking a bit of time from the podcast. I don't know how long or what that will look like yet. I am just clearly very overwhelmed and run down and... Releasing weekly episodes is getting to be a little bit too much for this season of my life, so I'm going to have to take a step back. I'll definitely still be active on social media, and I have a ton of episodes already recorded. I'm so sorry to those guests that I've had on. I just won't be able to get your episodes out as early as I said I would, but if I do find time and energy within the next little period of time, I'll definitely pull from one of those and get those out because they truthfully, are all awesome. I just need some time to breathe, I think, so thank you so much for respecting that, and I hope you're able to maybe go back and listen to some old episodes in this little hiatus that I'll be taking, or you can find a new podcast. It's okay, I won't cry, I won't be upset. <laughs> but anyway, that is my brief update for you here. I'll continue to keep you all updated on social media. Just giving an extra big thank you today to all of the listeners who listen to this episode, who've ever listened to an episode, it truly means the world to me. And I'm just so, so grateful for this platform that allows me to bring on different people with different stories and to really just keep moving this mental health conversation forward. I hope you all have an amazing rest of your day and maybe weeks, months, I don't know how long I'll be away, but I'll still be around so don't hesitate to reach out if you need anything at all, want to chat, I'm always here. Bye for now!